Welcome to The Dish, the culinary travel podcast focusing on the stories behind world-famous foods. We are your hosts, Tom and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us for tasty histories, destination food guides, and more. In this episode, the story of one of America's favorite foods, buffalo wings. When and where were they invented? Was it actually Buffalo? Plus, other exciting reasons to visit Buffalo. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dish. I hope you're hungry because we're talking about tasty food. Yep, we're talking about buffalo wings, probably the most famous sort of deep fried wings in the world now. It's like an ultimate Super Bowl snack, isn't it? It is. In fact, 1.3 billion chicken wings are expected to be eaten at Super Bowl every year, like across the country, across the US. That's a lot of little wings. I don't know if that's just buffalo wings or just chicken wings in general, but 1.3 billion. uh, I mean, in a country of 365 million people, that's like four wings per person, including babies. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally four wings per living person in the USA or something. Yum, 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 yum. That's that's a that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of wings. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, guys. Of course, we always appreciate your support. So, awesome that you're here and listening. And we're going to talk about some tasty food today. This is one of our feature dish episodes. So, we're just talking about buffalo wings. Also going to talk a little bit about buffalo itself. Not the species, the place. Ah, are you trying to tell us that they don't actually come from buffaloes? Well, the the wings themselves do come from chickens, not buffaloes. Oh, disappointing. That's sure, yes. Uh, the name comes from the name of the place, Buffalo. I mean, it's quite amusing to think of buffaloes with these tiny little wings. Yeah, <laughs> it would be funny if like a buffalo just had some little bit it's on it that you can't really see. And you can just harvest it because you don't, they don't need them. Because obviously the wings wouldn't work. No. So well, you could just easily harvest it without hurting the buffalo. I mean, it's like humans having a tail, right? Exactly. We don't really need it anymore. So maybe buffaloes used to fly and now they don't. <laughs> so their wings have just become these tiny little wings underneath the buffalo. Exactly. Uh, no, it is named after a place. Buffalo in New York State, in fact. Of course. Which I honestly, I mean, I've never been to New York State. So I had no idea. I thought Buffalo was in Texas. I just assumed Buffalo Wings. That sounds like something that would be from Texas. It seems like a Texas thing. There is a place in Texas called Buffalo. Of course there is. But it only has a population of 2,000. Whereas Buffalo, New York State is the second largest city after New York City in New York State. So it's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, 260,000 people, in fact. And it seems like I'm a complete ignoramus not knowing that this is the second largest city, but New York City has a population of like eight and a half million or something. So it's not like there's a lot of comparison between the two. It's like comparing people going, well, I know where London is. I've heard of London. That's in England, right? And then going like, well, have you heard of Luton or (laughs) Milton Keynes, Yeah, (laughs) which have a population of around 260,000. So, yeah. We'll Uh, we'll, we'll let it slide. Yeah, I mean, I'm not completely stupid, but I really assumed from the type of dish that it was spicy, deep fried, like that has to be from Texas. It sounds like from the South. 
Yeah, it's not. Well, just a quick summary for the few people maybe who are not Americans and don't know what this dish is. Uh, Deep fried chicken wings tossed in a buffalo sauce. And buffalo sauce is classically made with Frank's hot sauce, specifically. Specific brand. I guess we're going to find out who Frank is. Uh, Mr. Frank from Louisiana. Mr. Frank. Not his first name. And he, I want his that, first name to be Franklin. <laughs> Franklin, sure. Franklin Franks. Franklin Frank. Because it's Franks. Oh. So it's actually Mr. Franks. So well, it's not Frank say. apostrophe, it's Franks. Mr. Franks. That's oh, no, he's not. He's not. He's like, Mis- yeah, his name is Mr. Franks. It's not Mr. Franks hot sauce. It's just Franks hot sauce. Oh, okay. From Mr. Franks. Uh, hot sauce, this specific hot sauce mixed with melted butter. Obviously, people use different ingredients and you can use any hot sauce if you really want to, but this was the original ingredient this is the classic way of doing it mm-hmm. some people add things like pepper or garlic or honey if you like it a little sweeter and not quite a sour because of oh, course yeah. those hot sauces are quite sour yeah that hot sauce was invented in louisiana in the 1920s was when it was first released actually in 1920 um not going to do a deep dive on the sauce louisiana hot sauces we did an episode on tabasco that's in our extras yeah. so if people go to foodfundtravel.com slash extras you can register uh for from one dollar fifty a month and you can join our our sort of private little club support the show and you can listen to the history of Tabasco sauce. And earn our undying love and affection for evermore. Exactly. I mean, that's the important thing. Our undying love and affection costs $1.50 a month. We're cheap. What can we I say? Are very cheap. It's tough times right now with <laughs> COVID going on. Yeah, so you've got this crazy hot sauce. Well, it's not always super hot, but normally it's hot. Uh, hot and spicy with butteriness. You toss the wings in that. You normally throw them back in the oven or under the broiler or whatever to crisp them up mm-hmm. a bit more. It's caramelize that sauce a little bit. And then you serve that with a blue cheese dip on the side. Oh, yeah. People who hate blue cheese dip, well, You're I don't wrong. know. They're You're wrong. wrong. Um, they sometimes have ranch dressing, apparently. I mean, That's if you substitute. have an actual penicillin allergy. Yeah. I will give it to you. That's fine. Everyone else is wrong. If it makes you horrifically sick, then yes, you cannot eat blue cheese. Otherwise, eat blue cheese, guys. It's great. Yeah. And the other classic thing, you'd have celery sticks or celery and carrot sticks on the side. Love it. Yeah. So that's great. So you've got lots of blue cheese dip. It cools it down after all that hot sauce. Works out pretty well. So it's got a nice yin and yang effect. It does. I like the, the hot and cold, the spicy and cool. Mm. Yeah, it's more the spicy and cool, really. Than, yeah. But it is also the hot and cold because its wings come out hot. Yeah. Dips cold. Bit of both. It's pretty awesome. All right. So famously, buffalo wings are from the city of Buffalo, although there is some, there is some contention. Of course. Otherwise, gonna, it wouldn't be a good podcast. It wouldn't be a good podcast. So there is, uh, there's definitely some claims suggesting that they're not from Buffalo. We'll get into that a bit later on. But I thought, as we were here talking about Buffalo as a city, and I didn't know what Buffalo was, I thought, well, I'm going to look it up because obviously uh, I'm, I'm a complete idiot if I don't know where it is yep. and what it is and what they're about. So there must be something amazing about it that I could describe in this podcast that everyone's going to go, wow, okay, yeah, I really <laughs> should know. Where, but they've got a big claim to fame. It's not just about Buffalo wings. So Buffalo is very close to Lake Erie, and this leads to very bad winter weather. Very similar to uh, Luton and Milton Keynes that I was talking about earlier crap, and anywhere in England. Crap weather. So in some way, they are very similar. Similar population, terrible weather. No one knows about them. <laughs> <It's>, it, no <laughs> one knows about them. Um, sorry, Buffalo people. This is a bit of a roast. Um, you, you, you're just going to have to put up with it. If you're from there, you already know that it, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> I'm not meaning to insult you. I'm just pointing out, going to point out some facts here. Um, yeah. So hot wings seem like a good idea because of all that cold weather. 
Seems yeah. like maybe that could be one of the reasons why they like they like the hot sauce there. I don't know. Yeah, so Buffalo Wings are probably the biggest claim to fame. Actually, I'd say they probably are absolutely the biggest claim to fame. I, I looked up an article about 20 other essential facts other than Buffalo Wings. It was literally like, what else is great about Buffalo? This is on mentalfloss.com. And um, so let's have a look at some of the other ones. Okay. Okay, so other things Buffalo is famous for. Uh, Grover Cleveland lived there for nearly 30 years. And he served as mayor from 1882 to 1883, apparently. Should I know who that is? uh, Well, I mean, if a city elects a member of Sesame Street to office, it's going to be a pretty interesting place, right? What? Sesame Street? Grover. This is Grover, right? I don't know any other Grovers. (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't think Sesame Street has been around since the 1800s. What? I mean, this was before he was in Sesame Street. Oh. I mean, he's a puppet. He doesn't die. That's a good point. He just... I mean, I guess he will little bits of hair fall off him occasionally, but yeah. So, I mean, he could have been around for hundreds of years. I think Grover would make a fantastic mayor. Yeah. I mean, really, the trend of electing Muppets to office is quite common at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would say that he would probably make a better mayor than most, most elected officials at this time. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, if like maybe they get Kermit and Big Bird in as well. I, and I'd, I'd vote. The world would be a happier place, at least. Yeah. Even if there and would be more a, counting. And maybe a touch more educated. <laughs> we'll be a little <laughs> bit more educated and a little bit happier and friendlier. And it would be great. Uh, so, yes, Grover Cleveland. I have heard this name before, other than the Muppet. I'm sure the Muppet's named after him. Yeah, probably. I don't know. But uh, I think he was relatively famous. But he was mayor there for one year. Aww. He lived there for a while. But I'm like, that's it. That, and that was at the, like, the top of the list of 25 other things they're famous <laughs> oh, for. Buffalo. So, oh, no. also, in 1813, the British burned the entire city to the ground apart from the jail. That was the only thing that survived. Uh, they might have also been jealous that the weather was so similar to England and they didn't want other people to have it. Fair enough. Maybe they just wanted that cold, wet place for themselves. But, yeah. So, right, okay. So, now I'm getting sort of halfway through this list of 25. I'm not going to read most of these out because most of them are completely not mm-hmm. great claims to fame at all. So, one of the other claims to fame on this list is that they have the record for the most consecutive losses at a Super Bowl, four in a row. They lost the Super Bowl from 91 to 94 every year. The ultimate Super Bowl snack comes from there. I know. And they can't even... (laughs) They lost... They're in the Guinness World Records for sucking. Four times in a row. I mean, they made it to the final. Yeah, so you've got to give them that. Yeah, but then they just keep losing. Oh, no, they at least got there. They get, they get snaps for that. Yeah, but I mean, this is, this is how good the claims to fame are. Uh, next up, final one here, actually, as I said, none of the others are really worth mentioning. The fact that this one made the list at all is really just showing that... It's a sad God. list. Uh, so Goo Goo Dolls frontman, John Resnick. Uh, Johnny Resnick. Johnny Resnick. Uh, he once worked as a bar back at a local live music venue in Buffalo called the Continental. Now, it doesn't say he was born here or lived here. He just worked at a venue there for a bit. <laughs> that was on the list. <laughs> Some dude of slight fame who most people probably won't know who Johnny Resnick but they is. they know the band. Most people of our generation would know the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris was a massive song. He worked at a bar Dizzy before he was Dizzy Up the Girl was famous. an incredible album. One of my top 10 all-time albums is Dizzy Up the Girl by Goo Goo Dolls. I will say that. The majority of youngins, I don't think, would have a freaking clue who Johnny Resnick is, nor give it that he worked in a bar in Buffalo. 
Uh, yeah, but apparently the top 25 list considers this one hey. of the main claims. Got to take your wins where you can. Yeah, so there Unless we go. Unless Super Bowl and they're not taking any there. Okay, they're not. <laughs> okay, sorry, Buffalo. If sorry. You've, if you've got any actual claim to fame, I don't know, maybe this article was someone roasting you on purpose. Uh, I don't know at all. So I didn't do massive amounts of fact-checking. I just thought this was the most successful article on Google. And obviously, when I research food, I always double fact-check everything, but not for this. But hey, when you have buffalo wings as a claim to fame, you don't need a lot more because it's a pretty awesome claim. Yeah, but 260,000 people had one person invent something good. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, so tweet us at Food Fun Travel if you have any other suggestions for genuine claim to fame that are a little better than someone from a band worked in a bar once. And yeah, uh, well, enough roasting a buffalo. Let's get on to deep frying buffalo. Okay. I think that's probably a better idea. Okay, so let's look at the origin story here at the Buffalo Wings. It's typically accepted almost everywhere that they were invented in Buffalo, although I'm going to talk about the other claim from Chicago. Ooh. Claim from Chicago. Is it true? Is it a load of fluff? I don't know. I had a look at it. Uh, Which. If the stories is true, we're going to find out. But let's take a look at the most common story first. So, at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, Teresa Bellissimo, the matriarch of a family restaurant, we make Italian food and other bits and pieces. Um, there are lots of retellings of her like discovery of the dish or invention of the dish. But I found the version told in the New Yorker magazine from 1980 and is available online. So I got access to that. It's probably the most comprehensive sort of lots of extra details. He actually went to Buffalo, interviewed some people in person, that sort of stuff. Talked to them, like the restaurant owners. Yeah. Um, so the, although it was after the fact, it's like at least the guy had firsthand connection with people. Spoke to family yeah, and whatnot. Where a lot of the other articles are like written in 2015 by someone who wasn't even born in 1980. And yeah. just being like, I reread some stuff on the internet, which is what I'm doing. So, you know, I can't <laughs> criticize these people, but um, I'm just saying the New Yorker article was pretty comprehensive. So that's, that's where I'm getting most of the information from, but I, I sort of fact-checked around on some other bits and pieces as well. Um, it's pretty helpful to understand that back when these chicken wings were invented, which is believed to be 1964, uh, chicken wings themselves were not really a big commercial success as a food. Yeah. Actually, chicken wings were considered the offcuts. They were often boiled to make stock and oh. soup. So people weren't really eating them. They just sat in the soup and flavored it up and maybe bits of meat came off them. I love and chicken wings. It's my favorite bit. I know, but that's why they've become so successful, isn't mm, it? You've got to do it right. That is true. But people just didn't realize at the time that you could make them that well, apparently. We're a bit more detail on that coming up. Supposedly, chicken wing factories pretty much were throwing the wings away. They'd like chop the wings off the side and other bits and... Yeah, they'd give them Head, away. Head, legs, wings, cheap. gone. Yeah. I mean, that's what some of these stories say. I'm, I'm like, I don't believe this is entirely true that they threw them away. I know some, I do hear these stories with other products like fish guts and stuff. They're throwing that away. Yeah. But now maybe they use them to make some horrible <laughs> fish flavored product. I don't know. But it seems weird that they'd be throwing this sort of food away. But apparently that's what some authors think. So, so here's what happened. It's 1964. Teresa's husband, who is also called Frank, this is not the inventor of Frank's sauce. Mm-hmm. His first name is Frank. This is different. Different Frank. An, there would be an apostrophe with his. This is not surname Frank's. All right. Her husband, he claims that they put an order in for chicken, neck, and back, which is what they normally use to boil to make their sauces. You get 
good bits of meat off the, oh, yeah. the neck and stuff. Neck's good. Yeah, it's good. Goes good. They were using this to make pasta sauces, apparently. So nice chicken stock mm-hmm. to make some sort of base pasta sauce. But by mistake, they got a whole bunch of wings delivered and they hadn't realized and they'd obviously paid something for them because this was something the factory was throwing away. So they were like, oh, have this instead and pay for it. <laughs> You'd be pretty upset about that, I'm sure. But for some reason, Frank had some attack of sentimentality about these wings. And he said, don't just use them to make the sauce as usual. Let's do something else more interesting with them. Let, like, let's, let's change things up again. Uh, this is Frank's testimony, apparently. So his wife, Teresa, decided and said she'd deep fry them and then was like, okay, uh, let's do something else with them to make them interesting. What have we got left in the kitchen? Well, obviously butter. It's an Italian restaurant. Of course. There's pretty much kilos of butter everywhere. And she had some Frank's hot sauce and she went, eh, let's do spicy wings. Because they also had some blue cheese dressing left over that they'd normally use for the salads. They had some of that in the fridge. And she was like, well, that's good. That'll match up with the hot sauce. These will go really well together. And she also had some bits and pieces left, like some carrots and some celery. So she could use them and just put them on the side. So apparently the whole thing came together in, like at once. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, apparently the whole thing absolutely came together at once. That entire dish, everything. That seems odd, but... No, you I mean, never it's know leftovers. What, it was know, leftovers. I know, I was just going to say, you never know what you come up with with a leftovers meal. Like, whatever you've got in the fridge... And you're like, ugh, got to have something. Then you do sometimes make some incredible concoctions and go, wowza. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. That's just like, what have we got left in the fridge? Okay, what's going on in the kitchen? Fry this up. Yeah, fair Grab enough, fair enough. Grab bits out of the fridge. Bit of hot sauce, bit of blue cheese dip. Sure, that probably works. Um, yeah, apparently it was as simple as that. He just said, don't use them in the stock. Try and think of something else to do with them. And she, quite in a moment of genius, came up with a brilliant dish. But apparently their son, who also worked there at the time, uh, he has a slightly different take on the same story. Mm-hmm. Also 1964, uh, he claims it was like late on a Friday night and because they're a Catholic family, it was traditional to eat fish on a Friday. So he was looking for a non-fish-based snack for midnight the second it turned into Saturday and they were going to eat something other than fish. Yep. So they had some punters still in the bar who were having drinks and he was like, okay, so whatever you've got in the kitchen, just throw some stuff together and give these as like some free bar snacks because these guys have been spending money on drinks all night. We'll keep them in here. They'll buy more drinks. Yep. So whatever you've got that's leftovers. So obviously like blue cheese dressing and stuff from the fridge is just leftovers that was probably going to get thrown out the next day. And uh, bits of vegetables that had already been chopped up that hadn't been used were obviously going to dry out. So they had to use them up. And yeah, these chicken wings, why not? Let's use them. I find that story more feasible, personally. Because having the whole, these guys are drinking, what, what have we got that's going to keep them drinking? Fried food, spicy, spicy food. food. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a more plausible option, doesn't it? So apparently, yeah, she took the wings, she chopped them in half to make the little drumettes and little wingettes rather than frying them whole. And of course, she wanted to get that food out quickly in time for midnight and before these guys left the bar, yep. them in for a few more drinks. So she just deep fried the chicken, quickest way to get it done. And then, yeah, the hot sauce, once again, yeah. Probably to make him drink more. Also, maybe just because that's what was to hand. Yeah. And yeah, the rest is history, apparently, because the wings were an instant hit and people spread the word straight away. And apparently other restaurants within weeks started copying the idea and putting them on their menu. So it wasn't just a free bar snack. It had instantly been upgraded to an actual menu item that people were paying money for. And because wings are really cheap to buy, I'm guessing the profit margin was pretty good as well. Yeah, I would have been happy with that. Good idea for restaurants. Well, 
that's the story from the family. That's what they tell reporters. That's what they told the guy from the New Yorker. That's the story. 16 years on from when it was invented, that's what they are telling as the story to people in 1980. All right. Um, but the New Yorker guy dug into the story a little bit more. And he said, like, looking at the actual contemporary evidence from the mid-60s, there was, like, this massive article written about the restaurant in the late 60s, five years after they'd invented the wings. And this whole article about the restaurant was just talking about the restaurant itself, uh, the live music they put on and stuff like that, the fact there was a popular bar. They didn't mention chicken wings. So if they invented this dish that became city famous within weeks, an article written five years later didn't even mention that they had chicken wings on the menu. Mm. Which seems odd. Seems a little strange. Yeah. But the whole family is like, it became famous already. Because usually, if you're inventing something like that, it's the first thing you tell everyone. Yeah. Did you know that we, we're the first? We're the best. We're the first. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. Or maybe within that first five years, although it had caught on, it hadn't caught on as much as they remember it caught on. Yeah. They like felt like they'd made it a thing, but actually it took a bit longer. And then eventually when it became a thing, they started to go, well, actually, we invented that. And no one could tell them they didn't because yeah. they did do it quite early on. So possibly that's. So by 1977, Buffalo had become so enamored with the wings. So by 1977, they were a hugely popular dish. Uh, the city created Chicken Wing Day, which is still celebrated today on July 27th each year. Sounds like a good day. I'm sure it is a very good day. And the city itself definitely credits Bellissimo's as being the creators of the dish. Okay. So they are within urban stories, within whatever the legends are. Yeah. The city considers them to be the ones being celebrated as inventing the dish. So what happened with that article in 1969? The New Yorker guy doesn't know. I don't know. I can't find anything else on it either. Uh, probably disappeared into nothing. It's not quite as successful. Probably some local magazine in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as successful as the New Yorker, so they haven't some, kept all the information. Some perhaps. rookie got sent know. out to do an article. And yeah, I forgot to ask him about the buffalo yeah, wings. Yeah, left mean, out the most important details. So, yeah, I don't know. That's apparently roughly what happened. And so they are still today considered the creators. Uh, none of those original family are still with us, so there's no way to interview them again. So that's all the information we have about it. But there is there is another person from Buffalo who claims that he invented the dish mm -hmm. and this was definitely not invented by them that it was copied by them and he was already making this dish ba, ba, so, ba. did a little bit more digging into this there's a few articles about this particular person um it's called john young and uh spruce eats had an article about him also the guy from the new yorker went to interview him as well so like the mm -hmm. few different places where they're looking at this information so, I mean, the claim essentially from John Young, uh, he's part of the African-American community, and he said deep fried chicken wings had been something that had been popular for a very long time within that community. Not surprising. It's an affordable cut of meat. So, so whoever was saying that they were throwing away chicken wings, what they meant was they were selling them off cheap to people with lower incomes. So, sure, rich people in New York weren't eating them, but people with less income were getting the cheap cuts of meat and they were deep frying them because that made them crispy and tasty. Yep. So, he's like, I was already frying chicken like before this happened. There's some older stories that actually talk a little bit more about the history of fried chicken in general and saying that all the way back in the 1930s, speakeasies in Chicago would be serving deep fried chicken as a free lunch. So you just pay for your drinks. And of course, the drinks would be expensive because it's a secret bar and yeah. the drinks were not cheap Who for everybody. cheap in the Prohibition days? And they would give you cheap cuts of meat, cheap food for free yeah. to, to keep you in the bar and keep you drinking and keep you full while you're there. 
So it's an easy finger food. So at least in the 1930s, they reckon people were eating deep fried chicken, uh, African-American community probably doing so long before then as well. But John Young, this guy who says he invented buffalo wings, he said he was frying them up and serving them with a spicy mumbo sauce uh, as early as the mid 60s, probably before 1964, perhaps. And there's uh, some other information about who invented the mumbo sauce, and that could have been sort of in the late 1950s in Chicago at a rib house called Argia B's Rib Joint. So, like, it's a spicy barbecue sauce, which this is the first thing that confuses me. This guy is saying, I invented buffalo wings, and the sauce is made, like, with ketchup and hot sauce, and it's just a spicy barbecue sauce. But he's saying he invented buffalo wings. What's different? I, that's what I thought. But he's coming out to all these reporters and like anyone who's asking, he's like, oh, no, I invented that no, way before. No, because I wouldn't like it. I don't like, I, don't, I don't like barbecue wings. Well, hot sauce and butter versus ketchup and hot sauce and like regular barbecue sauce ingredients. No, that's like, two that's, different things, dude. That's barbecue chicken wings. Yep. That, I'm, I don't know. This is really confusing. Well, anyway, he said that he registered a restaurant called Jong Young's. Called John Young's Wings and Thighs. And he he, uh, registered that at the county courthouse in Buffalo in 1970. And then he went, he'd already been making wings in Buffalo. Then he registered this business. Then he moved to Chicago for a few years. Then he came back to Buffalo and he was like, oh, whilst I've been gone, someone stole my recipe and has been making my wings. No, I don't believe you, John. No, I don't believe it. This is, this story is repeated in so many places. As like, and spruce eats are actually like, nah, this guy invented them. No, it I has think to be this. It's not, it's the different thing. Spruce eats like, oh yeah, barbecue, um, like deep fried wings with barbecue sauce, mumbo sauce. Yeah, this is before buffalo wings. This was invented already. I'm like, what? No, Where are just you getting wings. this conclusion from? This is just, yeah, this is just wings. All right, they were doing wings before and they were doing barbecue like sauce before. The Chinese before. were doing like sweet and sour wings and so they yeah. must have invented buffalo wings. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know. It's a any way to make a story, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we're doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Reporters are terrible. <laughs> terrible people. Just make up anything to get people to listen to a controversy that doesn't exist. <laughs> so, some controversies in our episodes are actually valid. This one, I think, is just- I don't like it. Just any way of looking to make a story. Um, apparently, to the point where- he didn't even chop up the wings into drumettes and wingettes. It literally just the whole wing went in. No. So it was a completely different shape, different Sorry, source. Uh, dis- like, didn't register the business till 1970, even though he said he'd been making the food for years before that. Oh, very convenient. And then he'd just been ripped off. And yeah, someone just made a different source. No blue cheese, no celery sticks. No. None of it. Like, none of it. It's uh, literally one of the worst competing claims we've had on the dish, That's I reckon. That's true, yeah. Literally no comparison. Sorry, John, I don't believe you. I'm more inclined to believe someone was trying to keep some drunk people in the bar for longer and went, what do we got? <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, he was very, like, very uh, fine with the situation. He wasn't trying to sue them or anything, because how could he? Yeah. So, instead, he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I invented them, but I'm really happy that other people have used my invention to be very successful. <laughs> yeah. So, he's like, oh, yeah, power to him. Why not? It's <laughs> like, hmm. If you had a claim at all, I don't, you, can't, you can't sue people over recipes, though, can you? It's like, no, I don't think so. You literally can't. You can't copyright recipes. You would have to trademark. I don't think you can trademark recipe. You can a trademark recipe. the name, probably. The name. Buffalo wings, you might be able to trademark. But you couldn't trademark the recipe. Yeah. 
So anyway, buffalo sauce has become a worldwide phenomenon to some extent, at least in the Americas. Uh, the whole chopped chicken wings rather than whole chicken wings. They're just easier to eat, aren't they? Because, you know, they're then just one long piece yes. rather than a little triangle corner bit that you're covering sauce all over your face to bite into the corner of the it, wing. It does get messy. Yeah. So the chopped wings, much easier. And yeah, that buffalo sauce, very specifically hot sauce and butter and maybe a couple of other bits added, but nothing to do with ketchup. No. Nothing to do Ew. with barbecue sauce. I don't like ketchup or barbecue sauce. Blech. So yeah, Bellissimo's have got it on this one by a long way. Yeah. Long way. I'll let them have it. All right. That's the story of Buffalo Wings. There you go. But it's, uh, yeah, quite well reported. It is really from Buffalo and it is the only thing from Buffalo worth going to Buffalo for. Well, hey, at least they've got something worth going. <laughs> There's a lot of towns in the world that don't have anything Nothing. going for them. They just got the big pineapple or something. Hey, the big pineapple's awesome. <laughs> don't knock the big pineapple. What is it? It's uh, Sunshine S- Coast. Sunshine Coast in uh, oh, it's outside Australia. Of, yeah, in Australia, but it, it's like outside. What is that thing? It's, it's in the M? hinterland, so there's nothing really there. No, but the big pineapple is cool. It's a very big pineapple. Yeah, I like it. Maybe that's what Buffalo needs. They need a big buffalo wing. They need a big buffalo with two tiny wings at the bottom, <laughs> yeah. and people would just Instagram close up with these two little wings. Yeah. Yeah. With sauce all over their face. There we go. Add that to the top 25 le- list. Yeah. Yeah. It could be good. All right. That's it for this episode. We've been promising to read out some uh, reviews from listeners at some point. So I, I finally jumped in and, and grabbed a review to read out. Oh, some lovely. Lovely five star reviews. Uh, we got 16 five star reviews on the. On the American iTunes. Oh, guys, thank yeah, you. Yeah, cheers for that, guys. We will get through some of the others. We're going to like spread them out a bit because who knows? Maybe no one will leave us any more reviews. No, we got to make <laughs> that it might last. Got to make it last. <laughs> no, please, if you enjoy the show, do go and leave us a five-star review. I don't know how many we've got on the UK and Australia platforms. So or if anywhere. You're, if you're yeah. from there, please go leave them. But yeah, no four-star reviews, no three-star reviews. People have Aww. been very generous and helpful. As we always say, if you don't really like the show, rather than battering it, go and listen go to something listen else. Because, you know, every show is different. Every show is for different people. So uh, this one, definitely an American listener. Uh, he's called Ohio Listener 2017. Uh, I'm not sure if it's because he was born in 2017. If so, thanks to his mum for helping him write the review. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Glad we got younger listeners on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just started listening to podcasts in 2017. Yeah. So I um, don't mean to roast people who live as a five-star no. review because we do appreciate it. But, you know, we like to have a bit of fun here. Uh, so, yeah. All right. So his review, uh, which was actually a recent one from three days ago, four days ago. Uh, he says, great fun podcast, exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. Uh, the chemistry between the hosts is great. They are so much fun to listen to. Each episode is well-researched and presented in a really fun way. A must for anyone who likes to travel or just interested in food in general. Oh, so, legendary. Great. Thank you. Thanks for that, Ohio listener. appreciate it. It's a, it's a great review. And that's, that's literally what we're aiming for with the show. Just fun presentation of food and travel stuff. So I'm glad that we managed to hit the mark for you. And... Uh, another one, this isn't exactly a review. Well, it's a five-star review, but they were just asking about future episodes. So I thought I'd mention this because it is actually stuff we might cover. They were looking at heading to Morocco and Barcelona this summer. Obviously, COVID, that's probably not happening this summer. Maybe in the autumn. I don't know. Perhaps, so, yeah. Sadly, that might not happen. But that does mean we might be able to get these episodes out for you before you actually do get to travel to exactly. Europe and North Africa. 
So, if you haven't listened back to our episode on the history of couscous, uh, that one's about one specific dish from Morocco. Uh, but we are hoping to interview one of our very good friends from Marrakesh. She runs food tours there. And we've been to Marrakesh as well. She was just on Somebody Feed Phil, which is amazing. We're so yeah. proud of her. We haven't yeah. seen the episode yet. I want to watch it tonight. Uh, but if you do love that show, Somebody Feed Phil, on Netflix, the very first episode of season three is with our good friend Amanda, who runs the Marrakesh Food Tours, and uh, they're on the show. Yeah. Very so cool. Hopefully, we'll uh, set up an interview with her to have a bit of a chat about some Moroccan food, but also jump on Somebody Feeds Phil. It's a fun show. Season three. Episode one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Barcelona. Well, we talked about the history of tapas. And although that was more of a Spain-wide thing, we did mention one amazing dish from Barcelona. I think, do we have an article about some Barcelona food? Uh, no, blog? we did Barcelona province. I yeah. don't know Barcelona itself. There is some stuff from around Barcelona on our blog, foodfuntravel.com. If you search Barcelona or um, Costa Brava, if you search Costa Brava or Barcelona on foodfuntravel.com, we've got some, got some stuff on there. Maybe not as much food stuff, but I'm pretty sure we will talk about Barcelona because we've been there a few times. We have. And there's bound to be some really famous foods that we just haven't looked up yet. I mean, the world we of food is We did a fantastic food tour. We talked about we it uh, in, what, in the Tapas rep episode that we did when we did the Devour Tours walk yeah. um, and in the Garcia area. And there's, there was some great food we had on that. Yeah, Devour Food Tours, really cool. Maybe we can get one of them on the episode because no one's running tours at the moment. So They're they doing some virtual tours. To do a podcast. Um, so that would be great to get them on. Yeah, maybe we can get someone from Barcelona on and have a little interview with them and talk about some of the other great foods from Barcelona. Because, yeah, popular destination and really top food from, from Costa Brava for sure. Cool. All right, that's it. Buffalo Wings, thanks for the reviews. Once again, you can support the show by going to foodfuntravel.com slash extras. Or if you don't want to put financial support in, really just listening to the episodes and recommending the show to other people is what helps us grow it. Yep. Tell share a friend. Stuff. Tell share a it on friend. social. Don't just tell your friends, but share oh, it yeah. on your social page. You can share it directly from while we are hosted by Podbean. You can share it directly from Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, uh, just jump on share and you can share it to your Facebook stories or to your Instagram stories. Uh, and that's a really quick and easy way to just be like, hey, this is what I'm listening to today. Check it out. And that would, we'd appreciate that so much if uh, you just shared the love a little bit. Yep. Uh, or you can just share the link, foodfuntravel.com slash the dish. That'll work too. All right. Cheers, guys. We will see you in a couple of weeks for another episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast app or channel. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time.